down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling. Something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me what's funny. Don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. Come out to the coast. We get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, then this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch. The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! didn't fucking wake you up you're not fucking alive god damn it holy hell what is going on everybody it's saturday right saturday yeah it's saturday it is hollywood hangout it is late but better late than never what is going on everybody i am boxman and the man that didn't know what he signed up for is across from me anthony what is going on bro What's going on, Box Chat Room? Welcome to our 87th uh, podcast episode this week. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Man. You know what, though? This one's a little different. We don't have to sit there and read news. We don't have to do any. It's just, this is, this is actually going to be a mindless show. I think I might have made this a mindless little show um, because of what we're going to do here. Uh, it's going to be a little different. Going to be, I think it's going to be good. I think it might actually end up a little better. Um, 
I'll explain it to you guys in just a minute here. But, uh, Anthony, why don't we get these plugs out of the way so we can just roll on with this show right here? Yes, sir. What's a good song to to, to, uh, to do pl- do, do plugs to tonight? Uh, let's see here. Let's see. How about uh, a little white snake? Here I go again, huh? Yes, no. No? Keep your, keep your white snake to yourself. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Then let's <laughs> do some young MC bust a move. I can do. I can. I can do. The, the, uh, Slurring myself. It's gonna be. Yeah, let me take another sip here. Yeah, this is gonna be a great show here tonight. All right, everybody. You know, first yes. guys. First guys. We shout out is Wrestling Od. Wrestling over, oh, yeah. over there. Nuclear Heat Graphics. Check out all of Shaheen's art at nuclearheatshop.com. And we mean it, motherfuckers. Check that shit out. Fucking right now. Right now. If you're sitting at your computer, go look. Buy something. Anyway. Wrestling's high marks, uh, really, like I said, good guys over there. I was on with them last Sunday. Had a great time over there with Cheese Man Mojo and G-Wiz. So check that episode out. And, of course, just check those guys out anyway. Um, Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades on the Inhuman Experience. Check those guys out on Apple, Google, everywhere. You know where to look for them. And uh, two for one, if you get the Inhuman Experience feed, you're going to get Bobby Anthem searching for his lost soul. And I believe that's every other Sunday you get that show that drops. And you can check out Eric, Doug, and Daniel over there on Unscripted Wrestling. You can only find Unscripted Wrestling on the Philly Sports Passion feed. And you can find that feed on Apple, Google, Stitcher, all the good ones. And, of course, a shout-out to Stephen Milan, fellow movie reviewer. But we are not even close to over 6,000 films he is, and he's on Letterboxd, B-O-X-D dot com slash Stephen Milan. Check this man out. And uh, you can check out me and uh, Anthony back here on Wednesday, back here on Friday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Or, I'm sorry, Central Time, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Duh. And that's right here on Mixler.com slash Dirt Sheet Dudes. Anthony, what do you got? The uh, Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast, available also, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever five podcasts can be heard. That's my boy, Jason Clark. Check him out. And uh, I joked at the top of the uh, broadcast box, but truth be told, this is our baby. This is where, you know, the dirt sheet dudes were born out of. Mm -hmm. The movie show. So, like, honestly, this show will always hold a place near and dear to my heart. Happy to be here with you tonight. Happy to be here with the chat room. And, sir, kudos. 100% credit goes to you, sir, for this concept tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. It's different. It's fresh. And uh, I feel like the folks will enjoy this episode. Well, if it goes good, it was my idea. If it goes bad, it was yours. Um, let's... <laughs> and it's not even... It, 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 wait till February, bots. Wait till February. Yeah. <laughs> Fat beach all month, motherfucker. Fat beach all month. Oh, God. <laughs> but it's the shortest month, so you, your suffering will be limited. But uh, can't we do like New Jack City and Menace to Society and shit like that? Can't won't that be more fun? You got January, March. It's eleven other months, dude. Eleven other months. But uh, anyway, won't you, won't you break down this concept of fine folks out there? All right, so last night after the movie show, since we got out late, um, my wife's dad was here, and he sleeps out on our couch. I don't know why. We have a bed for him. Whatever. Sleeps out on our couch. So I decided to sit in here, have a couple more beers, and I went down the old YouTube rabbit hole. 
I started off. Don't laugh at what I started off with. I started off watching music videos of uh, the old 80s band Toto. Okay. I started off watching those. Somehow, I ended up looking at these movies and scenes from movies and movie speeches. And I said, hey, why don't we just grab some clips since it's been a rough week for everybody. Why don't we just grab some clips and play some of the best movie scenes of probably movies that we've either done or aren't going to do a full show on. Um, so basically this is going to be favorite movie scenes or favorite speeches, basically. Um, we only have three each, not going to be very long, so don't worry about that. And, uh, I don't know. I'm, like I said, we'll see how it goes. I'm actually pretty fucking excited to try this. Um, not that it's a, you know, crazy weird concept, but I just think it's going to, uh, going to go pretty good. And, uh, I'm hoping it does. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I like it because, don't get me wrong, love doing the uh, one movie gimmick and just breaking down one specific movie, but sometimes it's always good to freshen things up, and yeah. I like this concept because it allows you to kind of go down different rabbit holes and, and, and uh, get oh. a different insight. Yeah, uh, Anthony's clips, he kept them, in, uh, kept them in line pretty good with timing. Mine are a little long. I've got a couple that are seven minutes. I think my... Shortest one is about four and a half, but they're worth it, I think. In my opinion, they are. So I hope they are on yours, too. Now, Anthony. Yes, sir. I brought out the proverbial coin to flip who goes first. I have a quarter here. Okay, you want want to call it in the air, sir? Yeah, I'll go tails. All right, here we go. Oh, it's heads. 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 All right. All right. All right, so here we go. Let me see. I'm going to get my little thing pulled up here. I got two little folders here that I got pulled up. Let me start with, you know what? Why don't I start with the long one and get it out of the way? Yeah, and don't, honestly, don't even tell me. Just let it play. Um, well, I got to tell them. I, 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 I got to set it up. I got to set it up a little bit, you know? Um, right. I'm going to set this up with the movie is called Glengarry Glen Ross. Anthony, you know, you know, you know, yep, you know where I'm going with this. I know you do. Mm -hmm. Um, listen, I got to be honest. I would 100% love to do a full show on this movie. I think it would take too long. This movie is dialogue heavy. There is words, words, words. God, this script must have taken someone. It must have taken millions of trees to write this script, but. Um, this movie has Al Pacino, Jack Lemmon, um, Ed Harris, uh, Jesus Christ, let me scroll down here real quick. Uh, Ed Harris, uh, Kevin Spacey is in this movie. Um, Jesus Christ, Jonathan Price, Alan Arkin. This movie is really a star studded movie. Um, that's a, that's a hall of fame crew you just laid out there, bro. It really is. And this movie deserves every accolade that it gets, um, like I said, it's 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 def it's a little bit long. I'm debating whether or not I'm going to break it up. I might just play the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah, if I, I can... mean, we, we can break. We can talk over it like we normally do. Break it up. We can a little bit, but um, this is Alec Baldwin was in this movie. Alec... Oh, say no more. And uh, mm-hmm. what up, yuck yuck nasty in the chat? Big time supporter of the show. Love you, bro. Definitely appreciate it, man. 
Um, but yeah, Alec Baldwin is in this movie. He's in this movie for all of literally seven minutes and 14 seconds. That's how long he's in this movie for. And now, Anthony, we always talk about maximize your minutes, right? Mm-hmm. This is the epitome and should be the learning. Like, this should be the standard bar of where you do that. I can't even wait anymore. This is the speech he gives to the salespeople in there. Um, and the sales guys were who I mentioned. It was uh, it's Ed Harris, Alan Arkin, and um, oh, Jesus Christ. Who did I forget, Anthony? The old uh, 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 Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. Thank you, sir. Um, and they're in there. Pacino's not in this scene because he's a uh, he's top salesman. He doesn't fucking have to be. But uh, this is the speech he gives. Again, it's a seven minute long scene. I apologize for the length, but this needs no, to be no, played. Never apologize for Alec Baldwin. All right. The only Baldwin that needs to be recognized. Don't leave Steven out of this. But Alec is he's a goat, man. Like Alec Baldwin is on another level. Take his personal life out of it. Right. Alec Baldwin as a as an actor just is on another level. Oh, I, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I like I I I like Alec Baldwin. I, again, I said the Saturday Night Live stuff. They've been political forever. My mom is like, I won't go see a movie with him. She went and saw that movie with him. That was, he was in the Mothers whatever um, a couple of weeks ago. She saw it. She loved it. So you know, you, you, fuck what these people think. If you want to see a movie, see a fucking movie. I'm not going political tonight. I'm playing the fucking scene. Here we go. Let me have your attention for a moment. Because you're talking about what? You're talking about... Bitching about that sale you shot. Some son of a bitch don't want to buy land. Somebody don't want what you're selling. Some broad you're trying to screw, so forth. Let's talk about something important. Are they all here? All but one. Well, I'm going anyway. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. <laughs> you think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Your name's Levine. Yeah. You call yourself a salesman, you son of a bitch. I don't gotta listen to this shit. You certainly don't, pal. Because the good news is you're fired. The bad news is you've got all you've got just one week to regain your job, starting with tonight. Starting with tonight's sit. Oh, have I got your attention now? Good. Because we're adding a little something to this month's sales contest. As you all know, first prize is a Cadillac Eldorado. Anybody want to see second prize? Second prize is a set of steak knives. Third prize is you're fired. You get the picture? You laughing now? You got leads. Mitch and Murray paid good money. Get their names to sell them. You can't close the leads you're given. You can't close shit. You are shit. Hit the bricks, pal, and beat it, because you are going out. The leads are weak. The leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. 
you're weak. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> you know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. And your name is your wanting. And you can't play in the man's game. You can't close them. Then go home and tell your wife your troubles. Because only one thing counts in this life. Get them to sign on the line which is dotted. You hear me, you fucking faggots? Real quick, this is back when that word wasn't such a oh my god word so you could say that in movies back then and it you know no one no backlash no oh my god cancel cancel yeah not not even to say it was right back then but it, it was just like a different time where you just no oh, faggot queer or back in the 80s <laughs> well what was it back in the 80s for you box was it uh, queer or fag or both i think fag has always been around since then the the you know the the, the dreaded f word um but it was just, it never meant what, it never meant what people took it to mean. It never did. When 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 people said it, it just didn't mean that you were literally over there blowing a guy. It meant you were acting like a little bitch, like a little fag. <laughs> Quit it. Quit it. But anyway. Um, by the way, if you haven't figured it out yet, this is a, this is a movie about sales. And it's all about realty sales. Rio Rancho. Yeah. And, um, but right here, he flips the board and again, just steals the fucking movie, even from here, like he hasn't already in the first three minutes. Here we go. A, B, C. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. A, I, D, A. Attention, interest, decision, action. Attention. Do I have your attention? Interest. Are you interested? I know you are, because it's fuck or walk. You close or you hit the bricks. Decision. Have you made your decision for Christ? An action. A-I-D-A. Get out there. You got the prospects coming in. You think they came in to get out of the rain? A guy don't walk on the lot lest he wants to buy. They're sitting out there waiting to give you their money. Are you going to take it? Are you man enough to take it? What's the problem, pal? You, Moss. You're such a hero. You're so rich. How come you're coming down here wasting time with such a bunch of bums? You see this watch? You see this watch? That watch costs more than your car. I made $970,000 last year. How much you make? You see, pal, that's who I am, and you're nothing. Nice guy? I don't give a shit. Good father? Fuck you. Go home and play with your kids. You want to work here? Close. You think this is abuse? You think this is abuse, you cocksucker? You can't take this. How can you take the abuse you get on a sit? 
like it, leave. I can go out there tonight. The materials you got make myself $15,000. Tonight, in two hours, can you? Can you? Go and do likewise. A-I-D-A. Get mad, you son of a bitches. Get mad. You know what it takes to sell real estate? It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Yes, he's actually holding up brass balls. Go and do likewise, gents. The money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. You want to go out on those sits tonight and close? Close, it's yours. Not, you're going to be shining my shoes. And you know what you'll be saying? Bunch of losers sitting around in the bar. Oh, yeah. I used to be a salesman. It's a tough racket. These are the new leads. These are the Glen Gary leads. And to you, they're gold. And you don't get them. Why? Because to give them to you is just throwing them away. They're for closers. I wish you good luck, but you wouldn't know what to do with it if you got it. And to answer your question, pal, why am I here? I came here because Mitch and Murray asked me to. They asked me for a favor. I said, the real favor, follow my advice and fire your fucking ass because a loser is a loser. Wow. <laughs> In my opinion, that's one of the most powerful scenes. First of all, I love business movies like that. You know, the, the sales movies. And I actually have another, uh, not sales movie. Well, it is. It's a stockbroker movie coming up later because I love these type of movies. But I don't know what you think, Anthony. And I, I know you've seen Glen Gary, Glen Ross. But this scene, in my opinion, seven minutes, 14 seconds. <laughs> that's how long he's on film. And seven minutes and he steals the film. Literally, people try to quote this whole thing word for word in the sales industry. It's weird. No, and you know what it is? It's just he maximizes minutes, number one. Mm -hmm. And also, Alec Baldwin just has a way, he just has a knack of uh, getting lost in his performances. And, like, you, you really felt that scene because he was into it. Mm. You really felt like he was just a, a, a legitimate executive, a, a legitimate executive giving a speech to his team like, look, motherfuckers, you got to get your ass in gear. Yep. Get out there and sell, sell, sell. Like, you really felt like he was in that moment. And to me, those, I mean, that was a, a, a master performance. I got, you say it was seven minutes, but for me, it just flew by. And yeah. that to me, that to me is the definition of a classic of a, any TV show, movie, when you can get lost in it. And you don't once check your phone, you don't once start doing something else. When you can get, when you're totally zoned in on what you're listening to or what you're watching, that's when you know somebody has the gift. They have the knack. 
whatever the it factor is that people talk about people having. Yeah, yeah. And and like I said, Alec Baldwin in this movie, I mean, you've got all these actors in here. And I'll tell you what, when you really think about it, it's probably best that Pacino wasn't in there for this scene because they probably would have given him some lines. And it might have ruined the scene, believe it or not. Just with, you know, I mean, because he already had Ed Harris and, you know, Jack Lemmon and, and Alan Arkin there. So what do you do? Yeah. I'm not sure. And plus, that they're, they're, they're like two. You know, I'm sorry to cut you off no. there. I was just thinking, they're two overpowering personalities. Mm-hmm. Pacino, you can't have. But I mean, I would love to see them have have like a little face off type of deal. But in that scene, he uh, Pacino wasn't needed. All due respect, just because those are two overpowering characters. Right. And I just I couldn't I couldn't I can't picture Pacino just sitting there and not being able and not wanting to interject something. And to me, that would have took away from the scene. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, good call, I think, on their part with, with him not being there. And like I said, he played, um, what was his name? In the, I think it was Tony Roma. No relation to Paul. It was something, I think it was Tony Roma. Exactly. No relation to Paul in this movie. But, I mean, and, and once Pacino comes in this, in, in Glengate, it's, 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 it's even more amazing. And he even has, I, I honestly debated between that scene and the end scene where Pacino goes off on Kevin Spacey. I mean, he's calling him a, you, you fucking fairy, you cunt, you fucking, I mean, he just lays. You kid diddler. Yeah, well, he didn't, didn't go there. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that was uh, in the uh, deleted scene. Oh, okay, <laughs> that, yes. probably never be released. Yes, that's in the, that's, that's in the Blu-ray commentary. Uh, <laughs> it's the Easter egg. But, um, yeah, just that. And again, that movie. Yeah, I would love to do a whole show on it. It would be too long. It would be too. I wouldn't be able to hold. We have to play the whole fucking movie. I mean, there's so much talking in it. So easier probably to just do this, play the best scene in the movie and uh, move on from there. But um, I don't know. Can't say enough good things. If you've never seen Glengarry Glen Ross, it is a great movie. I'm trying not to spoil it. You know, because there's way more than just sales in that movie. It's yeah, it's kind of a who turn, knows. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do it one day. Yeah, we'll figure out a way to break it up. I mean, because look, we we've done we've done dialogue heavy movies before that we you know we found a way to we'll find a way to break it up because I feel like that's one of those movies that I wouldn't mind breaking down. Yeah, it would be a good it'd be a good time, but uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll work it out. But uh, Anthony, you also picked three. And um, I don't know which one you want to do first, so just introduce one, and I'll pop it in VLC. Uh, you know what? Since it's topical, since they're back in the uh, spotlight, uh, I wanna, why don't you uh, play the uh, clerk's clip for me? All right. I will do that. I got it ready to go. You want to introduce it or just roll it? Uh, basically, this is a scene between uh, Dante and Randall. This is from the original clerks, let me say that. 1994 and i really feel like this scene in a lot of ways sums up their relationship in a nutshell sums up the plot of the film which is dante is a dude that's basically searching he's he's you know he kind of lacks a certain direction a certain forcefulness in his life and his buddy randall the slack the 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 slacker Mm -hmm. ironically enough is the one that lights the fire under his ass so uh won't you cue that clip up for me, Botsman? All right. 
Still an ever choked me. Oh, please! I'm surprised I didn't kill you. Why do you say that? Why do I say that? Randall... Forget it. Oh, really? What did I do that was so wrong? What don't you do? You know, sometimes I think the only reason you come to work is to make my life miserable. How do you figure? What time did you get to work today? Like 10 or 10 after. You were over a half an hour late, and then all you do is come in here. Yeah, to talk to you. Which means the video stores are ostensibly closed. Oh, it's not like I'm miles away. Unless you're out renting video at other video stores. Hermaphrodites. I rented it so we could watch it together. You get me slapped with the fine, you argue with the customers, then I have to patch everything up. You get us thrown out of a funeral by violating a corpse, and then to top it all off, you ruin my relationship. I mean, what's your encore? Do you, like, anally rape my mother while pouring sugar in my gas tank? <coughs> you know what the real tragedy about all this is? I'm not even supposed to be here today! Oh, fuck you! Fuck you, pal! Jesus, there you go, trying to pass the buck. I'm the source of all your misery. Who closed the store to play hockey? Who closed the store to go to a wake? Who tried to win back his ex-girlfriend without even discussing how he felt with his present one? Do you want to blame somebody? Blame yourself. I'm not even supposed to be here today. You sound like an asshole! Jesus, nobody twisted your arm to be here. You're here of your own volition. You like to think the weight of the world rests on your shoulder, like this place would fall apart if Dante wasn't here. Jesus, you overcompensate for having what's basically a monkey's job. You push fucking buttons. Anybody could waltz in here and do our jobs. You, you're so obsessed with making it seem so much more epic, so much more important than it really is. Christ, you work in a convenience store, Dante. And badly, I might add. I work in a shitty video store, badly as well. You know, that guy Jay's got it right, man. He has no delusions about what he does. Us, we like to make ourselves seem so much more important than the people that come in here to buy a paper or, God forbid, cigarettes. We look down on them as if we're so advanced. Well, if we're so fucking advanced, what are we doing working here? Well. Well, well, uh, well. Wow, you gotta admit, they... It wasn't a super long clip, but man, that was for a movie like Clerks. That was that was a pretty deep scene. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Most definitely, I would agree with that. And the funniest, one of the funniest parts about this, though, is when you like at one point Dante is like looking at him, like, "Where the fuck is all this coming from, motherfucker?" He's just got this puzzled look on his face, like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I don't know what he was looking at to get that look on his face, but. It was hilarious, but definitely one of the deeper scenes in the movie when the movie is pretty much just, I mean, I'm not making fun of the movie at all, but it's pretty much one-liners and dick jokes um, <laughs> throughout yeah. the whole movie. Which, <laughs> and this is one movie that yeah. I actually want to break down. So, I mean, I know we did like a, uh, a Kevin Smith movies episode where we just kind of talked about all, all of his movies in like general terms, but. Clerks, the original Clerks is one movie I'd like to break down in long term, in long form, because, man, it's it's actually a lot to digest and break down and unpack with that movie, because in a lot of ways, and Box, you can probably speak to this a little better, because that was your that was your era. That that movie really spoke to a generation and it really defined an era. Early, early to mid 90s, Clerks spoke to that era. Oh, definitely that grunge era, dude, that was just turning. That was the era that that what year was that? Ninety four. Yeah. Oh, that was exactly, dude. That was the Nirvana grunge era, and I would say these two guys were kind of I don't, I'm, uh, pioneers. Might be a really 
overstating word to use, but they were kind of, that's the generation they were talking to. And I, they definitely got through, man. And, and I think part of it is people got to remember that movie was, it didn't have seasoned actors in it. Mm-mm. No, nobody was, these were basically <laughs> a bunch of Kevin Smith's buddies. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of the acting, it comes across as unpolished, but I feel like that's what added to the charm of it. Yes. That, that, that to me is what, cause you know, somebody, I forgot, somebody had posted about, you know, clerks and how much better the movie would have been if it had polished acting, actors in it. And I disagreed with it because I got, I got the point they were trying to make like it's a classic. It would have been better if it had better actors. But to me, the fact that it was unpolished and unrefined, it was in black and white. Mm-hmm. It, it had a certain greediness to it. It felt, it had a certain authenticity that you couldn't have replicated if you had a had a seasoned actor in those roles. Kind of, I feel I felt like you had people of that era that were that were of that age demographic that could relate to that demographic, talking to that demographic. Definitely, and and it wasn't just the grunge kids they were trying to get through to. They were making comic book references and heavy metal. Re- they were making all kinds of references. They were really. I mean, you want to talk about diversity. This movie has a lot of it, believe it or not, if you listen to what they're saying. Um, you know, they mention all kinds of things. They're trying to get through to a bunch of a bunch of different younger audiences. And it definitely did. I mean, this movie turned into a cult classic immediately, almost. And um, as, in terms of the actual speech that had you play there, like, um, did you get the did you get the uh, sense? Did you get the vibe from it that it was? Did you get feel where Randall was coming from in that moment? Because they kind of, if you look at the movie initially, Dante is kind of painted as like the responsible one. He wants to keep everything in control and line. But then as the movie goes along, I don't know how you felt about it, but I felt the shift. You know, I was, I was relating to Dante for about the first half hour or so. (laughs) But then as you kind of get deeper into the movie, You, you really realize that Randall had a point. You, you do sound like an asshole because he, you, I'm not supposed to be here. To, well, fuck, motherfucker, you didn't have to come in. Mm. If, it's, if it's your day off, you you have all you have every right to tell your supervisor, whoever, to fuck right off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 and, and, and I, it's like he did kind of put a, a great a greater sense of self worth on his position than was warranted because. Dude, you work at a convenience store. The place ain't gonna ain't gonna fall apart if you don't show up one day. No, I would hope not. <laughs> I would hope not, you know. But um, yeah, man, this like I said, this movie pretty much instantly became a cult classic with people. And like you said, the fact that it was in black and white made it really made the movie. You kind of felt like you were watching a like an indie film but a great indie film that was really funny. But it did feel, you know, the, the the black and white made it feel like a really cheap, low-budget movie. But that's what it was supposed to feel like. That would that's that that and that's exactly what it was. It was a low-budget movie that I mean, they got lucky. People loved it. They got and, lucky. And, and also, you know, you talked about uh having trouble doing uh Glenn Gary going Ross. I feel like we would run into the same problem with this because this movie is mm. very dialogue heavy. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I haven't brought it up, and I, I I'm, I'm guilty. 
That's one of the reasons I haven't brought up to do it. It is, there's a ton of, it's another movie that, yeah, I mean, it takes place in two little stores and the whole movie is talking. That's all it is. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's plots to it. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is a plot to it, but oh, yeah. Kevin Smith, I mean, he's a great writer and all that kind of stuff, but his movies are very dialogue heavy and you really have to pay attention and zone in on his movies to kind of get the overarching, uh, point of the movie the storyline the structure yeah there's a lot of callbacks that's why it's definitely recommended that you see at least the original five which would be clerk small rats uh chasing amy dogma and jay and silent bob strike back there you go you got them you got them all and uh yeah but i mean these just such a fucking great movie it is and like you said there's plenty of plots in it and you know what I'll do? I'll let you pick the clips for that movie. <laughs> and then they can blame it on you. <laughs> no. I guess because I do want to, before we get to your uh, next movie, Lesser, I wanted to wrap up with this. Um, have you seen the original Kirks in a while? Um, not in a while. Been a little bit. But you remember that it, it was in black and white. And you know how like they break, work it up with the uh, words, the different words and all that kind of thing? Uh, what did you think about that choice? I liked it. Sort of a throwback. Again, with the black and white, it was sort of a throwback to the old silent film days. Yeah. The, old, <laughs> the old old Charlie Chaplin's, the old silent film days. And I liked that, especially being in black and white. It just kind of had that, that it it made the feel of the movie even better. And it, it, it I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I don't know about you. Oh, I definitely did, man. And I love the fact that Kevin Smith used a lot of big words for a stoner movie. That the <laughs> irony, the irony there, I hope was not lost in you, sir. That was hilarious. He he would use a bunch of big words to basically set up what that scene was about. And I I guarantee you, people are like, the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and you and couldn't just jump on your smartphone to look up those words back then. <laughs> yeah, Jaylee, you actually have to have a dictionary. In wow. So if, if you were a stoner in 93, 94, and you saw this movie, I guess you owe a debt of gratitude to uh, Kevin Smith if you actually picked up a dictionary to look up some of them words. I might have had to go to the library and everything. You never know. Never know. Yeah. Educate. Educate. You got to educate yourself. But, um... Yeah. What yeah. you got next, Box? My next movie. I actually brought up this movie a few weeks ago. A few shows ago. Actually, when we did our favorite action movies. Um, 48 Hours. I brought up that movie. Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte. Um, the guy who played Swan and Warriors as Gans. Great, great fucking movie. Like I said, one of my favorite. But one of my favorite parts in this movie. I gotta play. I'm, 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 oh my God, I'm so happy I get to play some of these parts tonight. <laughs> Another reason I wanted to do this, but this is the scene when he goes into the, 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 the redneck bar, Anthony, the country bar. You remember this scene? Of course. It's, yes. Uh, <laughs> of course. It's you. very cool. It's what, it's one of those scenes that you wouldn't see today. No. No, 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 no. Well, you might, because it does portray country guys as complete, trashy, racist rednecks. So you might yeah. still you might nah, still yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, but, you know, they, they find a way to water it down and fuck it up. That's why, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm hating this trend. 
<laughs> and I'll bring it up later because uh, there's rumors about uh, a couple of movies on my list that are uh, in for the reboot treatment, which, oh, God help me. I, 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 I'll go to Hollywood and mow everybody down. Dude, it's <laughs> it's not even the movies that are being rebooted. I mean, Ed, they're rebooting TV shows now, and it's like, y'all... Are y'all this fucking like like is is there no creativity? Are you this creatively bankrupt in Hollywood that I mean what what are you guys all worried about? What are you doing? I don't know. Anyway, again, we'll get into that later. Let's get into forty eight hours because this scene here is one of the best scenes in the movie. It is uh, Eddie Murphy. Um, actually, they they kind of set it up where he goes into the bar and plays the cop, and uh, Nick Nolte. As the real cop, just kind of sits back, lets him do his thing. Um, again, my scenes were a little longer than Anthony's, but, uh, you know, sometimes length matters, Anthony. Um, <laughs> no homo, but. Uh, I went short so as not to embarrass you, sir. Right. But uh, play your clip. Play your clip. Play your clip. Your long ass clip, but uh, mine's longer. All right. Anyway, I'm, I'm, take it, Eddie. Take no, it Eddie. I'm, I'm, you're right. I'm overcompensating here, Anthony. All right. Let's... Come on. Come on. All you got to do is hit that play button. Eddie I'm Murphy doing will it. save you. I'm doing it right now, buddy. <laughs> you said bullshit and experience is all it takes, right? Right. Come on and experience some of my bullshit. All right. Let's see it. Shit, what you do? 
Good. Never seen so many backwards ass country fucks in my life. Sick just to be in here. You boys look like regulars. Looking for a guy named Billy Bay. You know where I can find him? This is our place. I don't give a shit what the fuck your badge says, nigga. Oh, you're a big tough country faggot, ain't you? You got your fucking mind, man? Get up against that fucking pole. Think I'm playing a goddamn game, man? You got your fucking mind? Huh? Let me say it one more time, okay? This is a police matter, and I'm looking for an Indian named Billy Bear. I know everybody in here wants to cooperate with me. Hey, that's not even necessary, all right, man? I got the situation at hand. Some of our citizens are behind you all the way, officer. It's your fucking problem. Yeah, I'm on parole. That's why you're running away? Yeah. Put your country ass down. All right, listen up. I don't like white people. I hate rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> you people are rednecks. It means I'm enjoying this shit. <laughs> you loaded here. Where the fuck did you get this? Tax refund. Bullshit. Too fucking stupid to have a job. You don't like that? You don't like that shit? You hate that shit, right? What kind of cop are you? You know what I am? I'm your worst fucking nightmare. I'm a nigga with a badge. That mean I got permission to kick your fucking ass whenever I feel like it. All right, listen up, man. One of them's underage. Another one attacked the police officer, and I still ain't found what I'm looking for yet. Well, look, I think you're on your way to being out of business, all right? Let's see what we can fuck with next. Hey, man, all right, okay, okay, okay. Now, listen. An Indian hangs out with a chick who lives up the block. Head up the alley across the street where Chinatown starts. She lives on top of the jewelry store. I didn't ask you shit about his girl, man. Come on, give me a break, will you? You're gonna have to settle for her place because it's all I know. I'm telling you, I'm giving you all I know. Well, look, Hoss. You start running a respectable business, and I won't have to come in here and hassle you every night. You know what I mean? And I want the rest of you cowboys to know something. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool. Right on. Right on. Right on. Right on. Right on. All right. So there we go. And once again, <laughs> in my opinion, this is one of the greatest scenes in, in a movie. And you know, we always considered Eddie Murphy this comedian. So in this movie, this was this was range, Anthony. This was a little range, you know what I mean? Yeah, once again, I this is gonna be my word of the night, it. Ah. That it that that it factor, man. Like Eddie Murphy, like he This is special talent, man, because I, I wanna say this was his first movie. Uh, let's see, this was 40, this was 1982. Let me do the old scroll, scroll, scroll thing for a minute here. Let me go. Was, go ahead, keep going. Keep, keep. No, 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 I believe this was his first movie. 
and uh, just to just to be able to pull out that level of performance for your first movie, and, you, and like I said, and plus you, you when you factor in that he was only what 22, 21, 22? yeah, he was wise beyond his years, man. It's like you, he has that something that you can't teach. That's just natural talent. That's just natural God given ability, man. Like. You can't teach that. You can't go to an acting school and learn that level of uh, performance. You really can't. Yeah, this was the first movie he did, Anthony. 100% correct, man. And yeah, this really should... Um, wow. that That's a little even more crazy, the fact that this was... I, I didn't even think about that, but in his first movie, in a, a performance like that, unbelievable. Un-fucking-believable. Yeah. But I mean... Now, Anthony, I gotta ask. Yes, sir. I gotta ask. What's that? What'd you think of the music? Yeah, Eddie Murphy was great in it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I choose to believe that his voice, his vocal stylings, was a soundtrack in that scene, and uh, I didn't really hear the music. So yeah, I, yeah, I, Eddie Murphy in a scene, fantastic. Does the fiddle and fucking fantastic? Does do, does just the sound of the fiddle scare you? Is is that what it is, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm just you see, I'm focusing on the performance, sir. I do, <laughs> I do. I just want to know. Is, no, no, but no, is, is no, that no, was is, is the sound of the fiddle? Is that what it is? Is it is, is the fiddle? I like the fiddle. I do. I, you saw me. I was jamming to the music. But of course you would. I that mean, was that was and, Southern and, and, rock. And Eddie, you noticed Eddie was like, <laughs> I hate white people <laughs> and I hate redneck. I mean, like, man, it means man. I'm enjoying this shit. <laughs> That, I mean, like seriously, man. That edge. That's what I meant. In in low, it's like I put it to you like this: being offensive for the sake of being offensive is never cool, right? But at the same time, by the same token, I miss the days where you know actors, comedians, would perform with with a certain fearlessness, where they would just put it out there, and if it worked, it worked, and if it didn't, oh well. Yeah, and you know what, dude? In my opinion, this was swagger before there was swagger. You know what I mean? I mean, just coming out there, being able to—I mean—and and it's a great part. You got, you got a real. And once again, Eddie Murphy was being funny throughout the whole movie. Then he, you know, gets a badge in his hand. He turns into the serious guy, and he, you know, he said, "Come experience some of my bullshit." And he definitely bullshitted everybody. They thought he was a cop. They were treating him like a cop. Um. Just a great uh, scene, man. Great scene. You know what? It would be tough to see this scene nowadays, but I don't think they change a lot about it. But enough to where it would be like, nah, it's just not the same. And Eddie Murphy, who could you replace Eddie Murphy with in in, in a forty eight? Not, not 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 a fucking person, not a fucking soul. No. And uh, or Nick Nolte. Swagger. Yeah, or or Nick Nolte. I mean, who else are you gonna find that it hurts? Uh, literally, it hurts me when he talks in this movie. It, yeah, and they, no, yeah, he hadn't been the same since, bro. <laughs> like, 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 I, I swear, man, the eighties were not harder on anybody than they were on Nick Nolte's face. Oof. Good, good, good God! Like, mm. and look, he looked rough here, and this is when he was a young man, and he just got progressively worse. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Gary Busey didn't age well, but Nick Nolte aged worse. But. Uh, <laughs> Dear God, man! And uh, real quick, you brought up the uh, word swagger. I th- that's a good word. Mm-hmm. But uh, Eddie Murphy in this scene, I, I want to say he was displaying what the kids nowadays call big dick energy. Ah, 
Yes. Have you heard that phrase? Uh, yes, once or twice. Yes, so that's basically what he was on full display here with. I would say definitely. 100%, man. Absolutely. But um, once again, I mean, if you've never gone back and seen 48 Hours, you really need to see it. And once again, just for that last line where there's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. <laughs> great line, great scene, great movie. Watch it. it. Yes, it's from 1982. Trust me, you can find it out there. But uh, all right, Anthony, you are up next, my man. Uh, let me see. I'm going to bring up <laughs> a favorite of mine. A movie that we have reviewed on this show many times. No, we reviewed it one time. Uh-huh. But uh, it's our banner, and it will always remain our banner. Goodfellas. Uh, this scene is the iconic... You think I'm funny? Mm-hmm. My here to amuse you? The fuck is so funny about me? Uh, just, I picked this scene for no other reason than to just put on display for the world, the listening audience, to just to get a glimmer of the greatness that is Joe Pesci. Because I feel like in recent time, he hadn't gotten the uh, attention that he deserves. I feel like I don't want him to become forgotten. Right. Because he doesn't, I mean, he gets talked about, but he doesn't get talked about nearly as much as he should, man. Because this movie, to me, this scene in particular, really was acting 101. Oh. This, this, this four-minute clip summed up his character beautifully, just like the psychoses of his character. Funny yeah. in one minute, but literally, with the snap of my fingers, he could flip that switch and go completely cuckoo. Like, he was a sociopath. Oh, Nah, he really a hundred percent, and I really feel like this scene, as iconic as it is, if you really pay attention to it, the nuance of the performance is impeccable. This whole I've said it before, and I'll say it to my dying day: Goodfellas is the perfect movie. It's a movie that I would not change a single scene, a single line of dialogue. The music select everything about this movie is perfect, perfect, perfect. Yep, and it starts here. Yep, absolutely. I I. Can't argue with one thing you said, Goodfellas. I believe that was like our third episode we did, Goodfellas. We, yeah, um, second or third, man. And it's, yeah. yeah. Honestly, that's one of our, in terms of a breakdown, I feel like that's one of our better episodes. Uh, that one and A Bronx Tale, I think, uh, is probably our two, are our two best. Um, and uh, obviously, according to some people, our worst is the uh, Any Given Sunday. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll do a special episode. We'll, we'll we'll do a redo on that one for that uh, individual who you know was kind enough to leave us a review. But hey, even if it's a bad review, leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, leave us a, a review, preferably a five star review. But if you have a little critique, please put it out there. Definitely, and you can also follow us on Spreaker. But. Let me go ahead and, uh, Anthony, you ready for the clip? Yes, sir. All right. Clip. Let me get some volume first before I even hit the play button, and it's playing. That's not, what, what's really funny is get the fucking bank job away in Sea Caucus. I'm in the middle of the fucking weeds, laying down. He comes over, he says, What are you doing? I said, I'm resting. Here you're resting. <laughs> Got a fucking beach in a park. I said, I'm resting. I know I'm resting. I'm resting. They pulled me in, they started giving me all kinds of questions, you know, this and that. He says, Oh, uh, so what are you going to tell us, tough guy? I said, My usual. Zero. Nothing. I tell you, the fuck. He says, No, you're going to tell me something today, tough guy. I said, All right, I'll tell you something. Go fuck your mother. 
You saw the paper thing I held was up like this. So now I'm coming around, you know. I start to come out of it. Who do I see in front of me? This big prick again. He says, oh, what do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> movies one of the greatest scenes and as he i'm going to bring this up then i'm going to throw it over to you as he is changing and you know they're all you know scared and then he gets laughing with them and then he you know the guy comes up to him and he hits him with the with with the the, the bottle breaks the glass over his head 
not only did the did all dude you said these were associate these are psychopaths if you think about it they're literally laughing about a guy bleeding in front of them from getting hit with a bottle and they were just scared for a minute and now i don't know what's sicker the fact that tommy can switch like that or all those guys can flip the switch like that and you know the you know the funniest thing or not the funniest thing the more the most ironic thing uh is that these guys, at least at least guys from that generation that uh Goodfellas was uh based on, mm-hmm. those guys like they could they would be your next door neighbors, they would be sweet as pie, the nicest people you'd ever want to meet, right? Mm-hmm. They would only they would only be like uh assholes to the people that screwed that screwed them over, or like you know fellow mob guys, right? But like like if like if you were just like a regular everyday person, like a neighbor to them, they'd be sweet as pie to you. Well, you 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 would never know they had that other side to them. No, listen, it's 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 like when we did Black Mass, the Whitey Bulger story, and I mean he would stop the car, get out to help, you know, the elderly ladies in his neighborhood, bring in groceries and do stuff like that. You would never know what he was doing. That's the way these guys were. They were they 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 they'll sit there and and one minute they're smiling and nice guy, and a second later you say the wrong thing and. You know, bye bye, bullet to the head. Yeah, I, I think that's why I've I've always been fascinated with uh, mob culture. Mm. Just that dichotomy, man, because it, it really is a lot to uh, not only their lifestyle but just the people involved. Like they have like a code of ethics, right? Right. They they have like a certain code of ethics. You always take care of family. You always do right by family. But yet, you kill people for a living. <laughs> <laughs> like like like. Like, like these are the type of people that'll give you that'll give you a speech about you know always respect your mother, take care you know take care of the elderly, help mm-hmm. help the little old ladies across the street, you know take care of home. But yet, motherfucker, you kill people for a living. Yeah, like, like, that, that dichotomy is wild to me, bro. Yeah, and obviously this movie holds a you know, a, a near and dear place you know with me and uh, Anthony here. Um, it's in the intro, number one. Um, we even have a couple clips that we play from that movie. I mean, let's see. I got, uh, here we go. You a fucking mumbling, stuttering little fuck. You know that? I mean, we got that one. Um, I thought we, oh. I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. I mean, Jesus, our, our ending. Um, you know, so the movie obviously holds a, a near and dear place with us. And uh, it should with everybody. This and, and especially that scene right there. Like you said in the beginning when you introduced it, Anthony, it's it, it really sets the tone for the rest of the movie and especially the character of Tommy in this movie. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I just I wanted to spot like that because not just because it's my favorite movie, just hands down, you know, any asking somebody their favorite movie is kind of like a hard question to answer because you know i like a lot of people if you're like me especially i like a lot of different movies for a lot of different reasons mm-hmm. depends on what kind of mood i'm in but if i if you put a gun in my head what's your absolute favorite movie that you can just watch on rotation is goodfellas and a large part of that is the performance of joe pesci and i've and part of the reason, the big part of the reason why i wanted to spotlight that specific scene is just to show the range that this guy has he showed that ring. He showed you a piece of it in less than in under five minutes. Mm-hmm. But if you just look, just look at his catalog of movies, man. 
Like, I want to say I saw Home Alone first. I I'm not, I can't remember the order, but I want to say I saw Home Alone before I saw Goodfellas. And you couldn't get two more diverse performances. To see yep. him go from uh, this character, you know, he's playing like a psycho, like you said earlier, a psychopath, mm-hmm. to being like the bumbling idiot and uh, who who can't who can't uh, who can't tie his shoes in a uh, Home Alone. It's just wild to me. And, yeah. it, you know, with honors, he, you know, he plays like the uh, a smarter version of Forrest Gump. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you got a uh, Jimmy Hollywood. You got eight heads in a duffel bag. Uh, just, just like the the range casino, another one. Ooh, that yeah. that was um, ugh, that, that that that's one we definitely have to get to. Yeah, we got to get to all these movies. It's just, oof, gonna be tough. But I mean, you know, and and you know, you sit there, you talk about range and this and that, and everything you said about Pesci. You, I think you could say about Ray Liotta. I mean, listen, De Niro is obviously an incredible actor, and we don't need to get into how great he is. But Ray Liotta in this movie is the same way. He's got the same thing. He can flip that switch, and he just did. He was scared shitless. Now he's laughing that Tommy's beating someone over the fucking head and, you know, had the balls to go, you really are a funny guy. So, you know, but incredible, incredible fucking scene in in, in this movie. And I think probably one of the most quoted and memorable scenes in this movie you just picked out. Oh yeah, I mean everybody. That's one of those scenes that you just remember. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely, man, absolutely. Um, well, Anthony, I'm gonna get to my last one, I guess, unless we got any more on uh, Goodfellas. And once again, if you do need to find that Goodfellas, if you do want to listen to our Goodfellas um, review, go to shoutengine.com/slash/hollywoodhangout, and you will find all of our archives right there. <laughs> Bingo! Cheap plug for us. Bam. Um, Bam! Exactly. Um, my next movie, I told everybody I had a uh, another business movie, and I do, a stock market movie, a Wall Street type movie, and it's Boiler Room. Uh, Boiler Room was a really, I mean, you want to talk about star stud cast. Giovanni Ribisi, you know who he is, right? Uh, remind me. Um... He's in the Sneaky Pete episode, or a show. That's him and Sneaky Pete, the one on Amazon. Uh, Jesus Christ, hold on a little. Um, let me pull up his uh, his thing here. I think we've done a movie a movie or two with him in it before. I don't know why yeah, I think let that. Let me do a Google image search. I feel like I, I, I've heard that name before. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Let me go back a little bit here and see some movies he's been in just to, just to go here and give you like what you would... He was in Gone in sixty seconds. He was um he was the brother of uh, what's his name? Jesus Christ, uh, Nick Nicholas Cage in that movie. Um, he was Jesus. He did a lot of TV, and I didn't even notice a lot of that. He was in an episode of NYPD Blue, Anthony. So of course he was. Actually, he was in two episodes of NYPD Blue. Um, in in uh, season season two. Mid and the end of season two because it was just when Bobby started, um, Jimmy Smiths. So he was on the X Files. This guy did a ton of TV, but he was in Gone in sixty seconds. Like I said there, um, not a lot of movies. Looks like he's done more TV, but I know him. He was in My Name Is Earl, six episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I said, you'd, you'd know him if you saw him. But I like this guy. But yeah, now, yeah, I'm looking at a picture. I have seen his. Yeah, Ted. Oh, yeah, he was in Ted, too. Yeah, yep, yep. Now, Boiler Room, though, is up there in great movies for me. One of my favorites. I mean, you got him. You got Vin Diesel. You got Nia Long. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Scott Kahn, James Kahn's son, who was in Varsity Blues and uh, Enemy of the State, another one we, re- we reviewed a long time ago. You got Jamie yeah. Kennedy in this movie. You got. Oh, Bob, you can't gloss over Sean Kahn. I mean, Scott Kahn. What? He, he, Scott Kahn. You can't gloss over that name. I, I, I said a few movies he was in. Oh, but he also, once again, very first movie we ever did. Yep, you're right. He was in Ready to Rumble. Absolutely. Hell, hell yeah. Also available in the archives. Shoutengine.com forward slash uh, does she do? I mean, sorry, uh, Hollywood Hangout. I get it, dude. <laughs> Trust me, man. My my brain is thinking the same thing when I do it too, man. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we have Tom Everett Scott in this movie who has a small part, and Ben Affleck is in this movie. And you want to talk about a small part? It is a very, very small part, but. Once again, impactful. Ben Affleck has a uh, has a couple parts in this movie. Um, he's sort of the he's kind of plays the sales manager, I guess you could call him. Um, but he goes in, and this is in the beginning of the movie. This is when um, Giovanni first gets in. God, that AC is so loud, um, or the heater. But uh, Giovanni first gets in, and he's listening, and he's been there for a little while, and. Ben Affleck just comes in and tells him how it's going to be. And oh my God, is this, there was two speeches Ben Affleck gave in this movie. I had a tough time picking between them, but I think the, the beginning speech is a little better than the rah-rah speech he gives to where he kind of shits on all these guys. So here we go. Boiler room speech. Ben Affleck. Sorry, man. It's messy. Shit, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Fucking dumbass. Get the fuck out of here. What? Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Just pick your ass up out of that Italian leather chair and get the fuck out of this room right now. Come on, let's go, Schlepprock. Out. We expect everyone here to treat their coworkers with a certain level of respect. Okay, before we get started, I have one question. Has anyone here passed a Series 7 exam? I have a Series 7 license. Good for you. You can get out, too. What? <laughs> Why? We don't hire brokers here. We train new ones. That's it, Skippy. Pack your shit. Let's go. Here's the deal. I'm not here to waste your time, okay? And I certainly hope you're not here to waste mine. So I'm gonna keep this short. Become an employee of this firm, you will make your first million within three years, okay? I'm gonna repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of your first day of employment at JT Marlin. There is no question as to whether or not you'll become a millionaire working here. The only question is how many times over. You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. I am a millionaire. 
It's a weird thing to hear, right? I'll tell you. It's a weird thing to say. I am a fucking millionaire. I guess how old I am. 27. You know what that makes me here? A fucking senior citizen. This firm is entirely comprised of people your age, not mine. Lucky for me, I happen to be very fucking good at my job or I'd be out of one. You guys are the new blood. You're going to go home with the Kessie. You are the future big swinging dicks of this firm. Now, y'all look money hungry, and that's good. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You want details? Fine. I drive a Ferrari. 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. You are required to work your fucking ass off at this firm. We want winners here, not pikers. A piker walks at the bell. A piker asks how much vacation time you get in the first year. Vacation time? People come and work at this firm for one reason, to become filthy rich. That's it. We're not here to make friends. We're not saving the fucking manatees here, guys. You want vacation time? Go teach third grade public school. Okay. First three months of the firm are as a trainee. <clears throat> you make $150 a week. After you're done training, you take the Series 7. You pass that, you become a junior broker, and you're opening accounts for your team leader. You open 40 accounts, start working for yourself. Sky's the limit. Word or two about being a trainee, friends, parents, the other brokers, whoever, they're going to give you shit about it. It's true. $150 a week, not a lot of money. But pay them no mind. You need to learn this business, and this is the time to do it. Once you pass the test, none of that's going to matter. Your friends are shit. They tell them you made 25 grand last month, they're not going to fucking believe you. Fuck them. Fuck them. Parents don't like the life you lead? Fuck you, mom and dad. See how it feels when you're making their fucking Lexus payments. Now go home and think about it. Think about whether or not this is really for you. If you decide it isn't, listen, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's not for everyone. <clears throat> Thanks. But if you really want this, you call me on Monday. And we'll talk. Just don't waste my fucking time. Okay, that's it. I love these fucking, I don't know what it is about these business movies, but I fucking love them. Um, Anthony, I might force you to let me play the other speech, too, from this movie a little bit later. Um, <laughs> it's only two two minutes and 14 seconds long. I might have to make you let me play it. Um, it's really, really another good speech from this movie. <laughs> I might need to do it, man. <laughs> I know it's cheating. I get it. Hey, we're not running. We're not running low on time, and no, we're actually doing pretty good time wise. So yeah, no, uh, I, might, I might, I might gift you that. Uh, should I do it now? Should I just do it? Uh, it's up to you. I got it right here. Uh, I guess real quick, uh, do you want to break down anything from this specific scene that you just played? This was, this scene is great. I mean, in, in the first scene, he kicks out the, I mean, in the, like the first few seconds of the scene, he kicks out the one guy for just being a dick to his friend. All right. And then it, like, as he's walking out, we expect everyone here to have a certain level of respect for their coworkers. Boom. Love that shit right there. And then 
this is the scene where you need to think about it. Uh, oh, Jesus, Anthony, what did you do? I have no idea. That was that got my ear too. Ooh, sorry about that, folks. Actually, every little sound, like hiss and everything behind you, just went away. It's beautiful. I love it. Leave it right where it is. Um, don't move. Don't breathe. We'll breathe. I want you to breathe. But you, you know what I mean. Um, I <laughs> please breathe. Please breathe. But um, anyway, um, and and then he kicks out the guy for this for having the series seven. Now, this movie's called Boiler Room. Boiler rooms were called were uh, were the names of places called uh, that. Um, what they did is they would get people they knew to flood markets. Now, I'm not an expert on this. Only reason I know this. One of my uncles, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna out him. One of my uncles did time for this exact thing. This is how I know. This is the only reason I know what they do. They get friends to buy into an IPO. We learned what that was from the uh, Wolf of Wall Street movie. Um, yep. uh, you know the the, the public offering and yep, they, initial public offering. Initial yep. public offering. They do that. And then they get a bunch of their boys. It's almost like Wolf of Wall Street. They get a bunch of their friends to go in and buy and buy and buy. And then when it finally, you know, when the floor is ready to drop, they sell right before it because of insider information. And they all the brokers make the money and the customers get screwed. It's the exact same thing in this in this movie right here. Uh, that's what they're doing. But that's why he got rid of the guy with the Series 7. So I did want to explain why he got rid of the guy with the Series 7, because that guy would immediately know what was going on. He would know the rules. And they don't train brokers. They're training puppets at this company. Is what they're doing. Have you seen this movie, Anthony? I have. It's just been a super long time. It's been a long time since you've seen it. Yeah. One of my favorites, man. One of my favorites. But um, I guess before we end my movie, I guess I can play the second clip, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> play the two-minute clip. Yeah, it's two minutes, 14 seconds. This is where he comes in, and they've been there for a while, and he talks about closing. Now, this clip didn't look like it had the greatest sound quality. I apologize if it's bad, but uh, I got it while the other one was going. So here we go. Fucking guys. I'm going to keep this short, Okay. You passed your sevens over a month ago. So that's the only one that's opened the necessary 40 accounts for his team leader. When I was a junior broker, I did it in 26 days. Okay? You're not sending out press packets anymore. None of this Debbie the Time Life Operator bullshit. So get on the phones. It's time to get to work. Get off your ass. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I remember one time I had this guy call me up. Wanted to pitch me, right? Wanted to sell me stock. So I let him. I got every fucking rebuttal out of this guy. Kept him on the phone for an hour and a half. Towards the end, I started asking him buying questions. Like, what's the firm minimum? That's a buying question. Right there, that guy's got to take me down. It's not like I asked him, what's your 800 number? That's a fuck off question. I was giving him a run, and he blew it. Okay? To a question like, what is the firm minimum? The answer is zero. You don't like the idea, don't pick up a single share. But this putz is telling me, you know, uh, 100 shares. Wrong answer. No. You have to be closing all the time. And be aggressive. Learn how to push. Talk to him. Ask him questions. Ask him rhetorical questions. Doesn't matter. Anything. Just get a yes out of him. If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes. Good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. 
Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? Fuck you. I don't want to see those returns. Stop laughing. It's not funny. If you can't learn how to close, you better start thinking about another career. And I am deadly serious about that. Dead fucking serious. And have your rebuttals ready. Guy says, call me tomorrow? Bullshit. Somebody tells you that they got money problems about buying 200 shares? It's lying to you. You know what I say to that? I say, hey, look, man. Tell me you don't like my firm. Tell me you don't like my idea. Tell me you don't like my fucking necktie. But don't tell me you can't put together 2,500 bucks. And there is no such thing as a no-sale call. A sale is made on every call you make. Either you sell the client some stock, or he sells you on a reason he can. Either way, a sale is made. The only question is, who's going to close? You or him. And be relentless. That's it. I'm done. Okay. These two scenes I just played, by the way, were the only two scenes we saw Ben Affleck in the whole movie. Anthony. Yep. Once again, maximize your minutes. I know Ben Affleck is a was even during this time he was a pretty, pretty big actor. He was definitely gaining a lot of steam in this at this time. Um, But this these two scenes with him sum up with exactly what these boiler rooms are. They don't want. They want robots, dude. They want fucking robots who will just be just like we heard in the Glengarry Glen Ross. All ABC, Anthony, always be closing. Yeah. And uh, I actually I actually dabbled in sales when I was younger. And, and, and like I said, that's a very stressful type job. And yeah. that, that, that part about like no rebuttal, you know. Have your rebuttals ready. Mm-hmm. I, I'm one of those people. I, if somebody say no, I'm one of those people. Okay, have a nice day. I, I don't like to force things on people, especially if they make it clear they don't want something. But when you work in sales, especially at that level, they don't want to hear that shit at all. Well, and and both movies we just watched are different kind of sales. One was real uh, real estate sales, and what they were selling were land opportunities in uh, Glengarry Glen Ross. This one, it's stocks. Luckily, I'm in a different sort of kind of sales. I go to businesses and companies and they're already using the product. I'm trying to sell them. I'm just, yeah. So that's easy. It's a little, it's definitely easier. 100% easier. But when you're trying to sell people, I, I, in my opinion, real estate is probably one of the, I would hate, hate to be in real estate, especially selling land. Uh, fucking, I'd rather just, just you know what, I, I'd rather sell cars, dude. And that's a job I would hate. I would rather wait on tables, and that is a job I would never, ever want to do is be a waiter. Ever, ever, ever be a waiter. I, those people get so much shit for, for things that are not their fault, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I've seen waiters get treated like shit. When the cook is back there fucking up and people just don't get it, man. And so, I and I don't know, I have a role. I'm uh, always extra nice to the people that have to handle my food. Have you ever seen that movie Waiting? I have not, but I agree with you. I don't send dude, if if I ordered fucking veggies and you bring me rice, rice is good. I'll eat it. I don't give a shit. I'm not saying. Oh no, up. no. I mean, they send them. I'll, I'll you know. No. It's, to me, it's, it's, it's all on how you handle it. No, you send me the wrong, like protein. Like you know, if I ordered a burger and you send me something, I didn't. No, you send me the wrong side. I don't give a fuck. 
I'm not sending my meal back. You're not spitting my food. Go fuck yourself. Even though yeah. I'm nice, a cook doesn't take that shit right. So, no. I'll eat it. Nope. <laughs> nope. If I order broccoli and you give me fucking cilantro lime rice, I'm good with cilantro lime rice. I'll eat it. Yeah, I don't dude. give a shit. Yeah, dude. You got to see this movie waiting. Cause it, I mean, and it's even before that, you know, I have comments. I always had common sense when it came to, like, dealing with, like, people that have to handle my food because you don't know what's going on back there. Mm-hmm. You, you could be like, you know, oh, this... These uh, mashed potatoes don't have enough salt in them. You don't want to, well, somebody's dandruff in your fucking mashed potatoes. Oh yeah, dude. I, I don't. I don't. If they don't have enough salt, I'll just be like, "Could I get some salt, please?" Yeah. So that, uh, that's a pro tip from uh, your resident dirty dudes. Yes. Don't fuck around with people that have to handle your food. No. <laughs> I, I'm just no. saying, from from the wait staff to the cook, be as be as nice as pie. I mean, I'm not saying. Don't take shit from people, but at the same time, just be have common sense. These people are dealing with your food that you yeah. have to put in your mouth. Oh yeah. So be 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 nice. Tip well and be nice. Yeah. And since, since we have time, I ask you a question. You, you said tip well. If you call like a local bar in order to go, like I used to call my local Krabby uh, Jacks back in back yeah. in Florida. I used to call Krabby Jacks. I'd order to go food. It was right around the corner from my house. If you went and picked up that food, would you tip for that food since they're still cooking and someone's still cooking it and getting it and there's still everything's still involved? You're just not sitting at the restaurant. Do you tip for that stuff? Hmm. Never done that. Uh, I, I probably wish. I probably wish you to still. I should, probably wish you the guy a quick tip. Okay. Just, just, just you know, just for uh, you know, putting the food together. It wouldn't be as. Probably wouldn't be. It probably wouldn't be as good as a tip if I actually sat down there and ate mm. and got the like full service. But you know, probably would shoot him a couple bucks just for you know getting the food together for me. I'm still a twenty percent guy. Everybody still listen. Those tips, especially when you first of all, you got to remember when, you, when if you're paying by credit card and you tip, you got to remember something. Not all that goes to them. Some of it goes towards paying the credit card. You know, the 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 people that have the credit card machines. Some of it goes towards that, and some of it goes towards their taxes. That's why I wonder if, if I can tip in cash, I always will. But, and that tip doesn't just go to the waitress. It goes to the waitress, some goes to the cook, some goes everywhere, dude. And even even a bartender. If the bartender is the one that puts the order in, that's who it's going to go to. So she had to stop what she's doing. She had to run back, or he, whatever, had to run back, get the food, stop what they're doing. Someone missed getting a drink because they got your food, dude. <laughs> I tip twenty percent anywhere. Even if I, dude, if I go pick up my pizza, I tip twenty percent. Seriously, I'm that guy. Yeah, because uh, yeah, especially working in that industry, the fast food industry, your delivery boy, they live and die by their tips. I've yeah. had jobs like that where yeah. you literally, you live in your check is is dick <laughs> so yep. you you live and die off of your tips yeah no. i mean, I, I, mean I, I don't mean and i mean that very literally i'm not even trying to joke here if you work in any type of a fast food industry as a waiter waitress whatever you live and die by your tips if your tips are shit you are doing too well yeah yeah exactly and i mean i worked in a, 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 a you know a, a little caesar's when I, my first job was at a little caesar's dude and I know what those pizza people go through. It's a nightmare, dude. So 
But I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm no, I don't tip McDonald's or Wendy's or places like that. Those people are getting paid an actual salary, but the pizza places, I I get what they go through, and uh, I don't know. But any like like if I, if I call like a restaurant and I do order to go, oh yeah, twenty percent, man, twenty percent. Yeah, because yep. you know, you like I said, you you helped uh, make my life a little easier. Yep. I don't have to stay, I don't have to wait in line. I don't have to wait for anything. I can literally just call. I called up, ordered. 15, 20 minutes later, my stuff is ready. And I, you know, I owe that to you. So thank you. Here's a 20. There you go, man. But, uh, let's see. Where we're, uh, back to the movie, uh, Boiler Room. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. And, uh, that's probably all I got to say on that. But that's a great, again, Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck pulled an Alec Baldwin. And stole the fucking movie in two scenes. And you know what? If you think about it, let's see. The one scene was five minutes and something and uh, like five, like five thirty something. And the other scene was two minutes and 14 seconds. They were on camera just about the same amount of time and did the exact same amount of kind of damage to the movies. They just fucking killed it when they did this shit. And uh, that's what we're doing this show for tonight, to do shit that we think just fucking are incredible. So, uh, Anthony, let's do it. You got yours now, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for letting me cheat a little bit. Ain't no problem, bro. You do the same for me. Um, oh, yeah. To wrap up uh, my picks of uh, movie quotables and lines and speeches, I'm going to take you back to the year 1985. Another one of my... Uh, Favorite movies. If Goodfellas is my one, this movie is my one A. Uh, talking about the Breakfast Club. Now yes. we have not, we have yet to do this movie in long form. That'll change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have done a tribute episode to a one Judd Nelson, and this movie is what solidified me as a Judd Nelson fan. I knew nothing about this guy until this movie, and to me, this is the movie that he'll always be synonymous with. I mean, New Jack City. But to me, he'll always be John Bender. Right. Uh, the scene that we're going to play here basically is the Breakfast Club to set it up for everybody is a movie about five kids that know each other, that know of each other, but they're not really connected beyond the fact that they have to spend a, one Saturday in detention. Mm-hmm. Uh, they basically fit every stereotype of uh, 80s high schoolers. You got, <laughs> you, 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 you got the jock. You got the rebel. You got the princess. You got the, uh, how would you describe Ali Sheedy's character? Outcast. The, the crazy, uh, okay, yeah, instead of crazy girl, we can go with Outcast if you want to be a little. Outcast, and you got the brainy dude, the nerd. Little PC uh, motherfucker. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, basically, the only thing that they have in common is the fact that they have to spend detention. And mm-hmm. you would think that a movie like that would be boring as hell, but once again, this is one of those dialogue-heavy movies directed, produced, written by the late, great Great emphasis on the word great, mm-hmm. John Hughes. And uh, another guy that we lost tragically uh, about a decade and a half ago at this point, right. Paul Gleason. Paul Gleason, awesome actor. Underrated, awesome actor. Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's why I wanted to pick this scene because this is basically him giving a speech to the kids about laying down a law, about what you're here to do, what you can do, don't do. And this sets off. Uh, a pretty iconic scene. Uh, this scene that we're about to play is a pretty iconic scene between uh, him and uh, John Bender, and it kind of sets the tone for, I feel, their dynamic and basically the overall structure of the movie. 
Right. Absolutely. Because and it kind of, a, a lot of thung, a lot of thung, a lot of things kind of spun off from this scene because John Bender was like pretty much the I don't want to say the outcast of the group, but he's the kind of ironically enough he was the rebel that didn't give a fuck about anything. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he was like the glue that kind of brought everybody together. Because if you remember, the movie starts off with everybody kind of like in their own little world. Mm-hmm. But he's the one that kind of like gets everybody, you know, he's being a smart ass and a dick, but he basically was the one that kind of brought everybody together. At first, it was like the other four against this one asshole. But then then all of a sudden, like, yeah, you're not an asshole. You just kind of misunderstood because you find out that he's going through a lot of shit at home. Wow. And he's basically was... just acting out. That's, some... <laughs> That's why. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, no, that's some good insight, man, because I've never thought about it that way. But you're 110% right. He is the one that kind of makes them get together. I've never, damn Anthony. Yeah, man. Like, I, look, look, look. Dude, it's certain movies, man, that just resonate with me. And like, if you really think about, it, like, you might think, oh, it was Amelia West. Fuck no, it wasn't Amelia West. It wasn't anybody else. Mm. He was the guy that, first of all, every like, he's he's the guy at the party that you know how like you know everybody you know everybody when you go to a party sometimes it can be very fragmented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the well. He he's like that one guy. He's like the social butterfly. Right. He'll go and talk to everybody, and that's what he did in this movie. He kind of like in his own weird way brought everybody together. Like no motherfucker, I gotta be here for eight hours with you asshole. No, we gonna do something. You know, we gonna we gonna we gonna start some shit, and then over time, throughout the course of the movie, they kind of bond, and they realize that we aren't so different. After we all got shit going on, and they bonded. Yeah. Over it. But uh yeah, we can get, we can uh, dissect it a little more after we play the clip. But uh wow. rest in peace, Paul Gleason, and thank you, sir. Underrated actor, and this scene shows why you are underrated. Absolutely. And if you're wondering, hey, Paul Gleason, where else have I seen that guy? He was the asshole cop in Die Hard, which we reviewed for Christmas a couple of years ago. Uh, check yes, that out. Yes, that Christmas movie, by the way. In, in the Christmas movie, Die Hard. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, but here we go with one of his, uh, Anthony, I can't I can't deny it, one of his best, best scenes in a movie ever, in my opinion. Here we go, man. Well, well, here we are. I want to congratulate you for being on time. Excuse me, sir. I think there's been a mistake. I know it's detention, but um, I don't think I belong in here. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to think about why you're here. Ponder the error of your ways. not move from these seats. And you will not sleep. All right, people, we're going to try something a little different today. We are going to write an essay of no less than a thousand words describing to me who you think you are. This is a test? And when I say essay, I mean essay. I do not mean a single word repeated 
a thousand times. Is that clear, Mr. Bender? Crystal. Good. Maybe you'll learn a little something about yourself. Maybe you'll even decide whether or not you care to return. Uh, you know, I can answer that right now, sir. You know, that'd be no, no for me. Because Sit down, Johnson. <laughs> My office is right across that hall. Any monkey business is ill-advised. Any questions? Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Give you the answer to that question, Mr. Bender, <laughs> next Saturday. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. That man is a brownie hound. From here, the kids get weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, it gets quiet from here. I probably don't need to play the last 54 seconds of it. So, but Jesus Christ, man. That, unbelievable. Well, I guess, well, you know what? Fuck what? it. I've seen you before, you know. Okay. Uh, a few seconds, fuck it. But uh, man, makes you want to watch that goddamn movie. Um, you should, bro. You should. Oh, trust me, I've seen it a billion times. I think, but it's just such a good movie. And that that, like I said, that scene, Paul Gleason, just putting it out there. And even the 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 scene when he comes back in and him and Judd Nelson are arguing back and forth, and he gives him like eight more detentions. Yeah. You really think I give a shit? Yup. Awesome. And the scene, um, and like, <laughs> I feel like we're we're doing like a mini review, but fuck it, man. Like we're gonna get it. This is this is definitely like this makes me want to definitely dedicate a uh, full a long episode <laughs> to this one because um the scene, not only that scene, the scene that they had uh when he had him by himself in the uh, I guess it was like a broom closet or some shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 scene was fucking powerful as shit, and that that was the first time where you saw like the little kid and Bender, the, the scared little kid and Bender come out because it was just like, holy shit, this is this is serious. <laughs> this it, dude is really it, he's really ready to kick my ass. <laughs> it, it's kind of how the it's kind of how the bully acts when someone stands up to him. You like you want let, let's see how bad you really are. Mm -hmm. I want to know. <laughs> and like he was smart. He pulled a bully ray on him. He yeah. got him by himself. <laughs> Love it. He did, except they didn't have the internet back then to fuck him up. And some he dude with a fuck, you know, got away with some shit. Hell yeah, you could. Yeah, you could get away with shit back then. Exactly, man. And he made it clear. Like he think anybody's gonna believe you over me. You're a punk. I'm, I'm well. I'm a well-respected member of society. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a swell guy around here. What? You're a swell guy. Where the fuck does that come from, man? But hey, yeah, man. But this, I mean, like I said, man, the, just the nuances. I mean, it's oh. a, it's a John. Uh, John Hughes was another guy that was very dialogue heavy with his movies. Oh yes. And I and I feel like to me this is like his ma masterpiece. This was like his high point in terms of like just dialogue heavy movies that really resonated. 
Mm-hmm. And if you really pay attention to this, there's a lot of subtle nuances to this movie, man, that I really feel like get overlooked. And and it's one of those, this is one of those movies that even though it's 80s and it's very much, it's, it's dated in terms of a lot of the references and a lot of the uh, wardrobe choices, but I feel like you could, this movie resonates even today in terms of like the message that it, uh, it's trying to convey. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really kind of transcends generation. It, it 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 can be transferred from any generation, from generation to generation. Like I want to say, the first time I saw it was about twelve years, twelve thirteen years after it came out initially, mm-hmm. and I related to it. I feel like people can watch this movie now and relate to it. If you're in high school now, you can watch this movie and find something relatable about it. The only difference is I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think they still do Saturday Detention. Mm, no probably no that's 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 that that's not a safe space anthony no no that'd be yeah i don't think that you don't think that would go over too well with ad but no that would upset that that would upset the millennials you can't do that anthony um but uh, like seriously seriously i don't think i don't think you can do that that that's taking up our weekend you can't do that that's that that's our right to have a weekend right right that's our right, right? Yeah. I, like I said, that's our right to have a weekend. Yeah, man. But, I mean, just if you just look at, like, the things... What I liked about the movie is is the fact that it took you by the end... It took you in directions that you'd never expected it to go. Like, Ali Sheedy's character. She was the outcast, right? Mm-hmm. And, and nobody... Went, she's eating fucking uh, kicks, sandwiches, and just kind of, like... Doing shit with her, weird shit with her hair, sir. And, and, please, please, that is Captain Crunch, my friend. Captain, I thought it was. No, no, <laughs> was no, 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 no. That is Captain Crunch and Pixie Sticks. She is mixing together, sir. Still weird. Oh, gross! Actually, disgusting. Either way, yeah, all, all but, that shit. Oh my god, all that sugar was just making my teeth hurt. I don't think but, kicks. Uh, you know what? I don't think kicks was around before, back then, dude. I gotta so tell you, kick, I don't kick, know. Kick, kick, I feel like Kicks been around forever. <laughs> I I know Captain Crunch was around, but I don't know if Kicks was around at that point. And I really don't care to look it up, to be honest with you. But I don't think Kicks were around when this movie was was around. I think Kicks was more of a late, later '80s thing. Now, Box, let me ask you this: in terms of the dynamic of who wound up with who, uh, were you surprised that they kind of like bucked? tradition and had uh bender end up end up with the prom princess and uh i forgot let me know his name in the movie um he ended up with um ali chidi's character um, after, she, after she cleaned herself up of course no 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 this movie was the epitome of opposite attract anthony you realize that right you blew my mind let me try here this movie was the epitome of opposites attract at the end of it the complete opposites ended up with each other. I mean, no, you, ne- you honestly, yes, you would have figured, oh, Bender's gonna get with the crazy chick, and yeah. some people would have thought that the that that the nerdy little virgin was gonna get with the 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 fancy girl, but it didn't work out that way. This was the literal uh, opposite to track movie right here. Yeah, he's the only. Yeah, <laughs> poor Anthony Michael Hall. 
He's the only one that didn't get laid by the end of the movie. <laughs> and, and 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 if you see him now, he he you can you can tell he's he he's still hurt from it. Uh, <laughs> he looks like he's still hurting from that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, but um, but and, 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 uh, yeah, and, uh, before you uh, <laughs> I well, got are you stuttering. Wait a minute, I can't even wait I a minute. This. Pause. <laughs> You, you you blew my mind in more ways than one. Are you done with that uh setup there, Bob? Boom, over your turn, buddy. <laughs> no, let let me try to refocus here because I was actually <laughs> going to give uh Anthony Michael Hall another credit because I'm prepared to blow your mind again, sir. Okay. Uh, what would you describe uh Breakfast Club as? Would you say it's a comedy, high school comedy? Uh, coming of age comedy, high school comedy. I would I would go with either one of those the genre descriptions. Yes. Yeah, coming of age. That, that's actually a good phrase. Thank you for that. Uh-huh. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall deserve Johnson deserves some credit here as well because he wants to. He set up another pivotal scene in the movie mm-hmm. uh, when they're doing like the uh, almost like a '70s show style weed section, right. weed session, right? You know, right. Yeah, every, yeah. and they really kind of this, this, at this point in the movie, everybody's pretty much comfortable with each other, mm-hmm. getting to know each other. But he kind of like brings the movie to a screeching halt, where he basically more or less implied that he has a lot of suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that that was I don't know, man. I don't know if how how recently you saw that movie, saw this movie, but that was another deep scene, and even uh. <laughs> As ridiculous as it was, the scene when Emilio Estevez gets to his story mm-hmm. about taping the dudes' buns together, he tells this ridiculous story, and it's like they have this dramatic music playing. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> "Dude!" It, it but even it, yeah. even that brought a tear to my eye because he's just like you. You could tell why he was just so obsessed with the sports because he had one of those hyper competitive fathers that probably either fucking is trying to relive his glory days or he didn't quite have his glory days he's trying to relive he's trying to relive those through his son right and he's put all that pressure on his son and he's like win 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 and it's just like man yeah you, you, i mean like you literally pay attention to this movie bro you really it, it's a lot it's a lot deeper than a lot of people might realize yeah you know it, it's kind of like when when we did um what was that movie? Uh, pump, up, pump up the volume. And I'm like, this is such yeah. a great movie. And then Shaheen mentioned how dark it was. And I'm like, I didn't realize you're right, dude. This is a dark ass movie. And this movie is kind of the same thing. It's not dark, but there's some very emotional scenes in it. And unfortunately, it's stuff that, you know, even back in the 80s, kids were dealing with and, and kids were still dealing with pretty much everything today. Like you said, Everyone can still find a way to relate to this. There's still jocks. There's still crazy girls. There's still nerdy kids. There's, you know, there there's still rebels. They're all still out there, and there's still girls, rich girls. They're, still, they're all out there still. And, and for some reason, I look at it like this, man, and we talk about the millennials. I feel like their issues back then were more relatable. Like, these kids in this era were really going through shit. But yet they still found a way to have thick skin about things, if that makes sense. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, like a guy like Bender. Mm-hmm. Sure, he he kind of like acted out because he was going through shit at home. He they basically you read between the lines. He's an abused kid. 
Right. 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 You know, he, you know, his, he, he showed everybody like he got he got burnt with a cigar and shit, which, man, that's rough. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you 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 could tell like he's an abused kid, and like and I feel like another you know the scene we were just talking about where he was in the boiler room with uh the principal. Mm-hmm. That probably I, I guarantee you, I, I guarantee I wish I wish they had a, did a scene with his parents at some point so we could see his father because I guarantee you that was another de- another deal. He was emotional in that scene because he probably like that probably happened to him at home. You right. know, you know, dad pulls him into a room, a garage or whatever, locks the door and commences to beating the fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which if I, I want to meet his dad because like John Judd Nelson, especially at this time period, was a big dude. So I'm like, what the fuck is his, is his dad Godzilla? Like, because <laughs> it's not like Judd Nelson was a small dude. I, you have to go to school. I, give me my cigar. I okay. <laughs> what what happened there, Anthony? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, dude. But no, once again, you know, you're that this movie. We definitely need to dedicate a show to this movie. Won't be the shortest show, but uh, it'll be a. It, it'll definitely be because there is a lot of deep stuff to get into in this movie. And um, speaking of Anthony Michael Hall. Guess what show he was in once, Anthony? NYPD Blue. How did you know? Just a guess. Just a guess. Yeah, you were right. He did. He did one episode, actually, with, uh, again, Bobby and Andy. They went after him in a little town in New York. And uh, good episode. Good episode. But um, let's see here. Where are we at here? Right about an hour and 50. Anthony. Yes, sir. I might cheat again. Oh, <laughs> real quick. Um, I'm on a uh, YouTube right where uh-huh. I, I was looking for. I it was another clip I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't watched this one yet, and we'll probably save this for the Breakfast Club episode. But somebody actually went to went, actually made a video oh. of the Breakfast Club. It's called "The Breakfast Club Explained for Millennials." Ah. It's a nine minute video. I, I just feel like this is all kinds of awesome. I feel like that, like whoever did that, without even even clicking play yet, I feel like that move. I feel like that ten minute video is all kinds of epic. Yeah, we might we might need to watch that after the show. Um, but uh, Anthony, I, I was going back and forth mm-hmm. tonight between the boiler room clip and a clip of a movie I love called Rounders. And I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to play one more clip because we're mm-hmm. again we're we're all right on time. This show will be right around two 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 fifteen if we do this. Um, do you know anything about poker? A little bit, a little bit. You know, it's always any game of poker is about the best five card hand, unless you're playing Omaha. It's about the seven cards, but if in 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 the game he's playing in this movie, it's called Texas Hold'em. Okay, you're dealt two cards. There's three cards dealt in the beginning. There's another card and a betting round, and then another card and one more betting round, and you're done. Um, Rounders is a great movie. Matt Damon, Ed Norton, 
Um, have, you, have you ever seen this movie? Uh, that's Vince Vaughn, right? No. Ed Norton and Matt Damon. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of Swingers. Yeah, way different. Rounders and Swingers, different, different. One goes around, one swings. See the difference? Around, mm-hmm. swing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this uh, a rounder is what they call a guy who goes around and plays poker for money. Mm-hmm. Cash games. Um, but there's an end. Now, in this movie, it's not only Ed Norton. It's not only Matt Damon. It's John Malkovich, Anthony. Mm-hmm. You know who John Malkovich is, right? Yes, of course. Absolutely. Been in a ton of movies. There was even a movie called, uh, what was it? Inside John Malkovich or something like that. Being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. Thank you, Anthony. Um, so it, it, it's good, but he's in this movie and he plays a Russian named KGB. And Anthony, if you've ever heard a worse Russian accent, please tell me because I love John Malkovich. Do not get me wrong, but do not ever let him do a Russian accent again because it is horrible. Mm-hmm. Now, go, go ahead. No, I said I'm not agree. Oh, wait till you hear this. Wait till you hear this. You need to... I'm going to force you to watch this movie one night. I promise you, because we need to do this movie. Um, I'm a huge poker player. And Texas Hold'em, I love playing Texas Hold'em. It's like my game. Actually, when I moved to Texas, it was kind of my living. Before I moved to Texas, online, it was my living. When I lost my job, it was my living. A boxman shooter review. <laughs> I had a fifty a fifty inch widescreen TV, and I had six tournaments going at a time, plugged into it, and I would literally that was my job. I played poker until net spend fucked everybody. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But there's the end scene in this movie where Matt Damon is playing John Malkovich, and it's such a good ending. I'm gonna cheat. I've cheated twice. I understand, Anthony. Now, if you got another, we'll if yeah, no, I, actually, I actually sent you some. You did? Well, let me. Uh, as this is playing, I'll hop on Messenger and grab that. All right. I'm gonna right. now. This is another long one. It's six minutes and forty three seconds. I apologize, but uh, we'll do this. We'll do Anthony's, and we will wrap this motherfucker up. But here we go. Rounders, Matt Damon, John Malkovich, aka KGB. Remember that. yourself for not walking out when you could. The judgment that
got two four and I'm not gonna draw against a mate end. Now I do have to explain this a little bit. Uh, now Anthony, do you know what a, a made hand is? No, I'll break that down. Okay. Expert. In, in Texas Hold'em, you have something called the flop. Okay. The flop is the first three cards to hit the board. Again, you're trying to make your best five card hand. You have two in the hole, as they say, which means you're dealt two cards. And then you get the flop, the first three cards. Now, he was holding ace five. The flop came um, ace three five. Okay? Which means he had top two pair, aces and fives. But if KGB is holding two four, that means he already has the straight. Or the wheel, as they call it, ace two three four five. He flopped the straight. Now there's still two cards to come, and he could make his hand. He could hit an ace or a five to get a full house. But by picking up this tell of KGB picking up his Oreo cookie, he knew to lay it down. That's what that's what this was all about. You, you are you with me at all? I'm following. Okay. Now, to just finish up the quick, after the flop, you get another card, which is the turn, and another one called the river, which is the last card. And from that, you make your best five-card hand. Obviously, the winner wins. And um did want to explain that, because that's a little bit of a part where you where it's not really explained. And you if you don't know poker, you're not going to know what he's talking about. But uh, here we go. Lies down a monster. Should have paid me off on that. The fuck did you lay that down? Mr. Son of a Bitch, let's play some cards. The rule is this. You spot a man's tell, you don't say a fucking word. I finally spotted KGBs, and usually I'd have let him go on chewing those Oreos till he was dead broke. But I don't have that kind of time. I've only got till morning. Not even Teddy KGB's immune to getting a little rattled. Enough is enough, Teddy. Finish the fucking kid off. Hanging around, hanging around. Kids got alligator blood. Can't get rid of him. No, I'm not going anywhere. I'm double the blind. Okay. I call. Cool. 
check. Two grand. All right, I'll call the two grand. I'll gamble. Don't splash the pot. You're on a draw, Mike. Go away. This one is not good for you. And in my club, I will splash the pot whenever the fuck I please. Okay. I'm gonna check, Daddy. That's right. Big Daddy. Bits. The pot. It's 4,400. Alright, I'm gonna call you. I also won't respect myself tomorrow morning. Respect is all you have left in the morning. Last card coming. It hurts, doesn't it? You can't believe what fell All your dreams just pops down the fucking drain. Your fate is sitting right beside you. That ace could not have helped you. That's it. All. didn't help me. The flop did not straight. Motherfucker! You fool your mutt! Motherfucker! That is it! That's it? What the fuck are you talking about? That's it? Take it back, Daddy! No more! No! Not tonight! This son of bitch all night! He chick, chick, chick! He tripped me! Well, you feeling satisfied now, Teddy? Because I can go on busting you up all night. Yet! Yet! He beats me. Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Anthony? Yes, sir. Did you ever hear a worse Russian accent? No, I, I, I thought the sheik did a run in. <laughs> it's to make somebody to make somebody humble. Ooh, pretty bad, man. Pretty bad. But um, that scene, and again, he said he. Fl- you heard him say he flopped the nuts, right? That's obviously the. You literally flopped the best hand. You can't be beat. It's the best hand on the board. No hand can beat you. That's what he means. The first three cards, he he hit the hand he needed. Wow. Rare. Very rare. It's actually not an easy hand to hit at all. My luck in poker is horrible, which is why I, I, I haven't played in a long time, man. I'd love to. I would love to play, but it's been a long fucking time since I have. But uh, this scene, again, not only I know I'm making fun of the ridiculousness of John Malkovich's accent, 
But this scene is really great. And if you watch it, Matt Damon is great. Absolutely amazing in this scene. Um, I do. I, I really, I, first of all, I like Matt Damon. He's a great actor. All the Jason Bourne shit I fucking love. But in this movie, it's just great. And again, if, if, if you know poker and you, you know all the lingo, there was a lot of lingo in there. You know, he, he trapped me. Uh, he should have paid me off on that hand. All poker lingo. And it just a, just an absolute, I will make you watch this movie, Anthony. I promise. Mm-hmm. No problem. You'll like it. You'll like it. You'll, you, you'll be hitting the poker tables before you know it, man. I don't know about that, but I, I feel like I like the movie. Any anything like with drama, a lot going on with it, yeah, I like. It. So I think I like that one. All right. Well, Anthony, let's get to your last one. Then we'll wrap this show up. And um, Anthony, yes, sir. Did did you put up a Monty Python thing? No. All right. I know. I'm joking. Uh, I know go, ahead. Go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. So go basically, ahead. this is another clip from the incomparable, the one, the only Joe Pesci. Uh, a movie that I'm going to make you watch at some point because I feel like it's criminally underrated. It's a movie called With Honors. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, you know who Brendan Fraser is, right? Yes. So he's a har- He's a student. He's a Harvard student. He's very much one of those uptight type guys. He doesn't have any any type of fun. He's focusing on you know, writing a perfect thesis paper, blah, 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 blah. He meets uh, Joe Pesci's character, who's a bum. He's homeless in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he bas- Joe Pesci's character basically finds his thesis, and he blackmails him. <laughs> he blackmails him by basically giving him a page, one page per every good deed he does for him. So basically, you cook for me, mm-hmm. clean for me, you know, you give me a place to stay, that type of shit. During the cor- over the course of this whole thing, they become friends. And uh, this particular scene, he uh, brings him to his class. And Joe Pesci schools a Harvard professor. <laughs> nice. As only Joe Pesci can. I mean, he, he keeps, he, he keeps, this movie's rated PG-13, so unfortunately uh. there's no motherfuckers. <laughs> but uh, he, he, he schools him on a professional level. <laughs> and uh that's he basically shows his intelligence he he shows once again another level joe Pe- joe pesci's all about levels whenever you think of joe pesci you think of levels ah and uh that clip this clip will basically it's a 360 from the uh am i a clown am i here to amuse you it's yeah. a 360 from that but the brilliance in it is still the same all right anthony this might be your longest clip tonight here we go Politically correct our founding parents. Design the Constitution to prevent the presidency from becoming another form of tyranny, an elected king. Well, did they succeed? I smell an ambush. Miss Moore, you have an answer. The president is not an elected king. Indeed. Could the President of the United States, without consulting those he governs, more or less destroy the entire world? Well, I guess he could. You guess he could. Could Julius Caesar have done that? 
Could Napoleon? Could Adolf Hitler? But they tried to. Aren't you making a false analogy? Oh, this is my lucky day. I ask a question and I get a question in response. You do belong in government, my dear. Sit down, please. Now, does anyone have an answer for me instead of a quiz? Don't be a hero, boy. Mr. Kessler, your thoughts. The president can't bomb without reason. He has a reason. He thinks we need more parking spaces. The point is, can he destroy the world? Not without Congress. Uh, Mr. Kessler, after four years of Harvard, has it escaped your attention that the president can make war for 90 days without consulting Congress? Uh, well, that, that's right. Thank you very much, Mr. Kessler. At least I'm going to pass this court. <laughs> Sit down, please. <laughs> My question still stands. What is the particular genius of the Constitution? Nice try, General. What Constance. quality distinguishes the American Constitution? You promised me you'd be quiet. I told you not to stand up tonight. Well, Sergeant, you shouldn't have raised you, your sir. hands. You, sir. Oh, me? Yes. Uh, do you have an opinion on this? No. Are you a student in this class? No. Are you a guest? No, I'm a bum. <laughs> There are no bums. There are only the financially challenged. No, I'm a bum. <laughs> but bear in mind, I'm a Harvard bum. You must be the logical result of an open admissions policy. <laughs> no, sir. My presence here is the logical result of the search for edible garbage. You're here for the garbage. That's right. Colleges produce a lot of garbage. And Harvard produces more than most. <laughs> What wit. Inspired, no doubt, by wild turkey. You ask for charity, pleading that society has failed you and you need help. But actually, you're quite capable, and what you really want is alcoholic bliss. I would rather drink rubbing alcohol than listen to you, if that's what you mean. And according to the 21st Amendment, you can drink anything you want. Simon. Which door do I leave from? At Harvard, we don't end our sentences with prepositions. Well, in that case, which door do I leave from, asshole? What democratic eloquence. You ask the question, sir. Let me answer it. The genius of the Constitution is that it can always be changed. The genius of the Constitution is that it makes no permanent rule other than its faith in the wisdom of ordinary people to govern themselves. Faith in the wisdom of the people is exactly what makes the Constitution incomplete and crude. Crude? No, sir. Our founding parents were pompous middle-aged white farmers, but they were also great men. Because they knew one thing that all great men should know, that they didn't know everything. They knew they were going to make mistakes, but they made sure to leave a way to correct them. They didn't think of themselves as leaders. They wanted a government of citizens, not royalty. A government of listeners, not lecturers. A government that could change, not stand still. The president isn't an elected king, no matter how many bombs he can drop. 
because the crude constitution doesn't trust him. He's a servant of the people. He's a bum. Okay, Mr. Pitcannon? He's just a bum. And the only bliss that he's searching for is freedom and justice. Strangely topical, Anthony. <laughs> especially, I, that last, especially that last line. A lot of people I, might agree with that one. I'm just saying, strangely <laughs> topical. I'm not going to go political here. Strangely <laughs> topical, and I'm going to leave it at that. But uh, great scene. I got to tell you, I have not seen this movie, but um, I will be uh, seeking it out tonight, truthfully, to uh, to definitely watch. Yeah, man, like it's it's one of those, movies, and I saw that when I was like real young, and it, it it's one of those movies that always stay with me, and it actually has a great uh Madonna song to close it out. It's called Ooh. "I'll Remember." Ooh, really? Yeah, Madonna probably guy. my fav- probably my favorite Madonna song. Ooh, you're a Madonna guy, huh? Yeah, not I mean, I, like, I, I was, you know, she's definitely like out. She's definitely a legend. Huh. But uh, and, and I, it's like I'm not I'm not like a super duper fan, but the song, I'm, uh, I want you to be surprised. Put it like that. It's very, it's very catchy, and it fits the theme of the movie. All right, I will check it out. But uh, great scene. That that that's a really good scene, man. That's a that's that's some powerful shit right there. He just said. But uh, like yeah. I said, I haven't seen that movie. But um, but I I like the balance of it too, man. Because mm-hmm. he was he's being pesky. He's throwing some humor in there, but he pretty educated with some of them with that speech. Definitely. He's pretty educated. He he put that up. And look, can I just say right off the bat, um, I know it was just a movie, but that dude was a <laughs> he could be the he could be a sweetheart of a guy guy in real life, mm. but the guy that was playing at Professor was a real dick. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like 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 yeah, he <laughs> he I like I, I was really like he didn't have to treat that girl like that. Douchebag. <laughs> Douchebag. Douchebag. Yeah, yeah, yeah but dude, dude, I clapped. I clapped when he got put in his place. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that. That really was great. Nice, powerful speech. But like I said in the beginning of the show, this the, it's either about greatest scenes or greatest speeches. And there's really a lot of great speeches out there in movies, which you don't realize they're speeches, but they really are. <laughs> and it's and some of them are just fucking amazing, like the ones we all just played. And that one is really good and powerful, man. I like that one. Like I said, I'll be searching that movie out tonight, man. So, yep, it's uh, called With Honors. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody else wants to see it, it's uh, actually, believe it or not, um, twenty five years old this year. It came out in ninety four. Wow, my God, dude, time is flying, ain't it? Yeah, can you stop making me feel old, dude? Please, dude, you 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 took it all the way back. You you took it back to eighty two. So you 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 brought up the oldest movie on our list tonight. Yeah, but it's Eddie Murphy. Eddie still Murphy. Old, it's still an old movie, bro. <laughs> Goddamn right it is, but shit, man, it's 48 hours. You've seen, you've, you've seen it. Yeah, I'm no complaints. You've seen it. It's real right. old. <laughs> I, I know. Well, I'm I'm old. What can I say? Um, I'm getting old, too. We're all getting old. That's it. Yeah, none of us are getting fucking younger. I'll tell you that right now. But um, Even fuckers I, in their 20s right now. They're no, getting old, too, by the day. Damn right. Like I said, none of us are getting fucking younger. Everyone's aging. 
But uh, I don't know, man. You got anything else? Any other uh, any other clips? Anything you want to mention? Or should we just uh, wrap it up right here? No more clips. I just want to say, I guess real quick, this was a fucking fantastic idea. And uh, believe it or not, I, I feel like this could be like an ongoing thing. Maybe not all the time, but every so often. This is a nice little concept that I like to bring, uh, bring back to the table. Because it's funny because a lot of these movies that we brought up tonight... Mm-hmm quotes speeches it's it's amazing and it's like you can actually be introduced to movies like that clip you just that i just played for you you're like oh shit mm-hmm. i, I want to seek this movie out you might have not looked into seeing that movie otherwise if you hadn't heard that clip i'm going to seek out uh rounders and uh boiler room and glenn gary glenn ross i mean i feel like this was a very worthwhile uh, episode because uh introducing me to movies that i haven't thought about seeing or I haven't seen it in a long time, and same for you. I mean, and, and it's weird because certain movies, you don't expect them to teach you things, but they do. They do. Like, with Honors taught me some things. Even a movie like Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. As as, <laughs> as as ridiculous as the concept of that movie is, the whole lesson of the movie was you gotta learn how to take a step back and enjoy life. Don't get caught, don't get so caught up in like school and work and tests and bills take a day off and mm-hmm. just and just and just embrace life and and that's a valuable lesson for a lot of people yeah sometimes you just got to smell the roses that's that that I believe he said that in the movie somewhere yeah life moves pretty fast yep if you don't slow down you can miss it there you go man and i believe we did that yeah we did yeah 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 we yeah, we did that one already yeah, check that out on Shout Engine also. Um, but there you go, man. I'm 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 gl- I'm glad you like this uh, little idea I had. Like I said, I got uh, after the show, I just kind of went down that YouTube rabbit hole, and I said, "Fuck it, we we don't really have a movie. We had a movie in mind, but Anthony didn't seem really keen on doing it. So I thought of this instead, and um, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. But um, Listen. And the movie he's talking about in question, we'll get to. We will. It was just, I was just podcasting out this week. Oh. I didn't really feel like focusing on anything in particular. So I said, let's just do a random episode this week. Yeah, well, wait till next week when we got a fucking pay-per-view and everything. So we'll work <laughs> all that out. But uh, don't worry about it. And you know what? We don't have any We will not be here next week for Hollywood Hangout. We'll be here the week after. Um, and that'll be after Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving out there! Early Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Definitely. Eat plenty of food. Spend time with the family, the folks, and mm-hmm. you know, have a good time. And in between all of their turkey, listen to uh, archives of not only the Hollywood Hangout but the Dirty Dudes. There you go. You're going to be going on a fucking long drive anyway, probably. Check out one of the shows. Just and and again, let us know. Give us a review on uh, iTunes. Follow us on Spreaker. And uh, let us know what you guys think of these shows. but uh, And especially let us know what you guys think of this little uh, idea I've got here that I just did tonight. And if you enjoyed it, let us know. If you didn't enjoy it, please let us know also. And uh, that'll at least give us an idea. But uh, on that note, I appreciate everybody joining us, uh, downloading this. Uh, chat room a little light tonight, but uh, they're probably podcasting out too. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it at all. And um, that is it. Don't forget to uh, listen to me and Anthony. Once again, we'll be back Wednesday night. 
with uh, hopefully with Smart. I believe he'll be back with us Wednesday night. And uh, we'll be doing the Dirt Sheet Dudes. Check us out right here on Mixer.com slash Dirt Sheet Dudes. And uh, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Anthony, thanks for hanging with me late. And we'll, of course. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do it again Wednesday, man. Yes. See you Wednesday. Chat room, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We, as always, appreciate the support, the love. We're nothing without you guys. Thank you. See you next week or in a couple weeks. Absolutely. And we will see you. See ya. Peace.